Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 3 o'clock on Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. This is completely BS. This is shame. They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man. Dukes and Bell, we're trying to figure out who the coach is going to be. We're trying to preach patience. In a world that has no patience. I can't preach patience. I have no patience myself. It's Dukes and Bell at hour number two. One thing we do know for sure, if you're like me and you wanted Jim Harbaugh, Carl, looks like that ship is sailing to Los Angeles. No! It sounds like the Chargers, according to Pro Football Talk, they're in striking distance. So in addition to being a bad Bruce Willis movie, it means that the Chargers may be close to inking Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, uh, good good reference, by the way. Man, I, I Terrible seen movie. That, yeah, Terrible I haven't seen movie. that movie in a long time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, listen. Who's the best cop now? <laughs> here's, the de- here's the deal, though, with Harbaugh. And I love these words, right? These, these adjectives they use make it sound like right. it's such, like, everything's going on. <laughs> Who knows where this is at? But if it happens... As I said to Mike, this is just another guy in this coaching pool, right? right. We will draw a big circle, however you want to do it right now, right? In your car, you're doing this thing with your hands, a big circle. All these coaches are inside. And slowly but surely, you're plucking them out. Right. And you're going to get to a point where the Falcons are only going to have a certain amount of guys that have re- they've requested second interviews for, had a chance to visit with, and they may be in the waiting game, right. okay? And what I mean by that is if there's these guys that they really want are still in the playoffs, they got to wait. So, um, as we mentioned, you know, no more interviews, uh, which is a very important part of this because I know people are like, wait a minute, why can't they talk to this guy or that guy? No more interviews are permitted with coaches still in the playoffs until after Sunday's games. Right. So, we'll see. But, man, um, I hope we get our interview with Harbaugh, Mike, because I just, I think, again, let's sell it and see where it goes. And then if it's not to be, so be it. But I just didn't want to be out on him because we didn't have the wherewithal to yeah. make the phone call. At least they called. Right. At least at least they made an effort. I know that for some folks out there, you just don't like Harbaugh because you just don't like Harbaugh. I mean, the record, there's there's nothing on the resume that says he wouldn't be successful anywhere he goes if, if given the proper tools. He's got the tools, as we said, in the charges, a few cap tweaks here and there. We've got enough base for what he likes, which is physicality. You know, a good enough defense and running the football. We're, we're tailor-made for Harbaugh. And then, as we said, go get the quarterback. And he's pretty good at developing young quarterbacks. I mean, that resume speaks for itself there. You just don't like him because he's a weirdo. Or, you know, he doesn't match whatever you think a coach should be because he's a little quirky. You know, I don't care. Quirky is good. Quir- now, the thing with Arthur, it was funny, Carl. I mentioned talking to our buddies up in Boston today on the radio. They're like, well, you know, what happened with Arthur Smith? And I was like, I go, well, I, get, I said, if you ask Arthur Smith to boil water, you'd probably get a three-hour explanation on how to do it. 
I just felt things needed to be just kind of, I don't know, just broke deconstructed down to some – and it seemed like the, the first half against the Saints was everything we wanted to see as Falcon fans, but we just didn't see enough of it. And then the, getting back to the ultimate problem, the quarterback, throwing some game, games where the quarterback did his job, but the defense let you down, couldn't hold leads. And that's why we have a new coach. Yeah, I just – you know what, what jumps out at me? I don't know why this play sticks out in my head. That's the Carolina game when he threw in Desmond Ritter and he throws that mm-hmm. pick. And the defense lets him go right down the field. I just I can't get that out of my right. head. I know. Now, was it Ritter? But when did we put Ritter in the game? When was that? That wasn't the Carolina Chicago. game. Chicago. Right. And I'm like, jeez. <laughs> I, I, I can't get it out of my head. I mean, so the, so the thing now we got guys that are freaked out because like the Belichick block of fans. I don't know what to say to you. I mean, you know, you you feel that he's going to turn a new a new leaf and he's going to have all these innovative ideas. No, he'll be a really good defensive coach. We'll have no idea how to fix the offense. Then you get to Harbaugh, we already discussed. Then we get into these young assistant coaches, which guys have got sticker shock or buyer's remorse, whatever you want to call it, over the other assistant coaches. It's too close to the Arthur Smith experience. I don't know. Arthur was a, he's a, he was a complicated guy. Is a complicated guy. He's going to get more shots around the league. Yeah. Who, there was just things to that offense that, as a fan, I don't know. I Mike, never understood. I, I just never understood. I don't. I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like he was complicated. I think he had a quarterback that was in over his head and couldn't play. Mm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right. that, I, we can try to, like, make this more than what it was. Quarterback wasn't any good. And some of the things that we brought up earlier were over his pay grade because Arthur Blank or someone, maybe Rich McKay, the sounding board, thought they could go get Deshaun Watson when they couldn't. Didn't have enough chips in the big game. Cleveland went all in. And then all you did then was alienate your quarterback and he's gone, which then threw the timeline off because you might have been able to do some other things quarterback-wise. So the Fields thing is – another guy's – Real quick, you and I were just talking off the air. I just want to mention this because I'll forget it because I got a lot of things that are in my head. Do you think that when these interviews go down, Arthur Blank specifically asked potential coaches, what would you think about a yes. guy like Justin Fields? Yes. I, I, well, whether it's by name or what is your plan for quarterback? Well, I believe in drafting, and here's why. Or I believe we right. can go get a veteran that can help this team win right now because I'm looking at your team and I see the pieces or we played you this year and I know your strengths. But I got to know your plan, even if it's not by name. Now, if you're asking me specifically, now you're getting into the thing like now you're targeting specific things that this coach will want to do. If he sits down and a guy says, Mike, pick your coach. I'd love to go get Justin Fields if the Bears make him available because he's not right now. Right. And I think that would solve our problems at quarterback. Now you're targeting somebody. I think you've got to tell me what your plan is at quarterback regardless. All these guys better be able to tell me where they want to go with this. The only reason I mentioned Fields is because, again, knowing how we want to get to Sean Watson, the local ties and everything else, and knowing that Arthur, as as a marketing person, you know, knows what would put fannies in the seats and would get people fired up, there is... Knowing that not everybody in this town is enamored with it, there's a lot of folks would be bananas over Justin Fields here as a founder. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and you know, here's the thing. You, you had a chance to draft him. Uh, I, I thought that was a bad draft evaluation as we've talked from, you know, about this with, with the idea that they didn't want him or whoever didn't want him. But I, I think, you know, you have to reevaluate everything now. And if the Bears mm. put him on the market, you better be calling. You better be inquiring about that. Uh, as you were talking about uh, Coach Arthur Smith, guys, uh, according to Diana Russini, she says that he has received serious interest from more than seven teams about joining their offensive staff as the OC. Right. So we'll see where that goes. But we figured, you know, again, didn't work here, but he will have options mm-hmm. as he continues to make his way around the league. Well, and, that's a convenient narrative. Well, Art, we're just trying to tell everybody where you might be headed. Uh, you're going to get another job somewhere soon. Hey, it's Dukes and Bell. Let's get to an NFL blue. Hey, hey. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league. 
is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Three o'clock hour brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. Hey, man, let's talk about what people are talking about around the league, Mike. And that is, is Buffalo cursed? Do you believe that? Do you think they're no, cursed? There's no, there's no such thing as a curse. They were cursed when they brought an egomaniac who thinks he's a Lynn Swan. Well, actually, he's not even that good. In Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, you know, you want to run your mouth and you want to create these dramas and you got to make the play. You know, and so if Diggs catches some of those, makes one of those catches, it's a different story. You know, yeah, the kicker should know the wind does blow from left to right. I heard, uh, I heard uh, it was uh, Butler, uh, I guess this morning was on when Steakhouse was talking about, Drew Butler was talking about how, how the wind plays there. But they're not cursed. I mean, is, is it a curse that Thurman Thomas couldn't find his helmet in the first quarter against the Redskins? No, the, no that no, was I just mean, uh, idiotic. No, I mean, it's just, come on. I mean, should they have adjusted their game plan? Like, the, the Bills' best chance to win a Super Bowl was the first one against the Giants. They were a ten times better team than them, but the Giants used the strength of the running game, Carl, and defense to, to sort of negate that. Remember, was it the K-gun that Kelly ran? Oh, yeah. And in this case, you just look at McDermott. McDermott did the fake punt. That was dumb. You got a gift. You couldn't. There's no such thing as curses. That's it. That's, boy, is that some lazy sports writing. Are they cursed? Here's Ryan Clark talking about the 49ers offense. He says it needs to go through McCaffrey. You don't take Brock Purdy over Jared Goff right now, and you for sure don't take Brock Purdy over the two dudes on the other side in the AFC. So if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're thinking to yourself right now, this team that we were starting to run through our quarterback better run through Uncle Shannon's nephew, Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) Because if it doesn't, they're going to find themselves at home again without a ring. Wow. Well, I mean, look, he, he's not a big Purdy fan. The way Purdy, Purdy looked like crap for half of that game. We talked about it yesterday. He was leaking, and he's got to tighten that up. Shanahan even said himself he made some throws that were really bad decisions and, and, and just poor throws in general. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what's the number with the Lions again? Do you know off the top of your head? Six and a half, right? Is, is it seven? It's six and a half. I, I like the Lions, guys. I think I'm going to jump on this right now. Chris, put me down for the Lions to cover mm-hmm. right now. It's Tuesday. Before it goes up. Right now. Put me down. I think they have all the ingredients to make this a game that people will not expect. They can run the football. uh, I went to seven. Are you good with that? Put me down. All right. Put me down. Okay. All right. Uh, By the way, you know who's in first place? Who? You. Nice job. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Why don't you kiss his ass some more, Turtle? Jesus. Yeah, keep it going, Turtle. Keep kissing my butt. Hey, uh, Ryan Clark <laughs> talked about Brock Purdy not raising the level of play of anyone. He's just complimenting me, Mike. Come on. Yeah. If it was you, he'd be complimenting you. But it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me hear about Brock Purdy. Because he was playing extremely well and operating in that offense and distributing the ball to Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, we had to continue to include him in conversations with the Lamar Jacksons. We had to continue to include him in conversations with the Josh Allen. Those things are not alike. Brock Purdy is a fine player. Brock Purdy can operate in Kyle Shanahan's offense at an extremely efficient level. Brock Purdy doesn't raise the level of play of anyone around him. Oh, so you believe that? Well, I guess, you know, when we look at the combine and they get into, like, the measurement of the hands, we always joke around, does Purdy have small hands? Because <laughs> he can't throw it in the rain. True. The glove, the no glove, that nonsense. And at the end of the day, you know, there were some throws. If we're all looking at the size of our hands. No, I mean, I just don't. What's I, considered big hands, by the way? Well, 
I'm Irish. I've got tiny little hands. But I mean, like, seriously, what is – I know they measure right from right. pinky to thumb, is it? I right. think anything over eight inches is considered big. Hey, now. <laughs> this is true. Hey, now. Mark Sanchez uh, has the, the biggest, a ten and a half. Hey, now. Who did? Mark, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. He's got ten and a half inch hands? Yeah. And he used those ten and a half inch hands to run into somebody's butt <laughs> and then fumble. <laughs> the butt fumble. Uh, uh, the, this is from uh, the draft a couple years back. Uh, less than ideal size. Uh, the, the, the hand size, yeah, the hand size apparently was uh, just slightly below average for Brock Purdy. Correct. And oh, you're telling us eight inches from from my pinky to my thumb, pinky to thumb. The largest right. hands ever recorded was some guy named uh, Robert Waldlow. He had twelve, uh, almost thirteen inch hands. Wow, that's like Shaq. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, Carlos, we tell the ladies, you know, six inches. <laughs> Why, you, why did you do the? You just did the thing right there. <laughs> it's, again, we're not on. We're not on Twitch. It's a visual joke. Never mind. <laughs> All right, I was just curious because you brought that up. But right. yes, people are talking about this. Listen, Purdy has all the pressure on him this week. All of it. Lions are playing with house money, guys. Right. Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl. They're coming in. I, I think Brock Purdy, if he wets the bed, Mike, this is going to be the discussion in the offseason about. What he can and can't do, and can he elevate guys because he's got all those great players he's playing with. Random coach from the draft that Purdy was selected, Mr. Irrelevant. I don't remember him moving like that at Iowa State. Didn't test well. Didn't jump too high. Ran a 4-8. It's really short. He's got small hands. Small oh, hands. <laughs> These are some of the things that Cliff notes you from know, that draft. You know what's proof that size doesn't matter? Patrick Mahomes is only nine and a quarter. Slow your roll. Hey, now. It does. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love. What about that late game interception? Were you screaming like what yes. he was doing when yeah. he did that? Yes, I was, and I and I think I just I, I still don't know where that ball was going, but he knew where it was going. The, the linebacker knew where it was going. But why throw it, yeah. Mike? When you see there's like three guys around his receiver. Anyways, here's what he said. This is Jordan Love on that late game interception. Play broke down. Was scrambling right. Um, saw Christian over the middle, and uh, you know tried forcing one into him. Thought I could make the play. Didn't see the backside, so you know, they made a great play. Wow. All right. Uh, Matt LaFleur was talking about him. I was a leader of the team. Now he's hurting, and we wouldn't be here without him. said all the positive things. Sure. Like, there's one thing for certain guys. When we were having these conversations about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, who would have ever imagined that Jordan Love would have taken it, especially after the second half he had here in Atlanta? They where, fell apart. Where, where he kind of folded, yeah. Yeah, they fell apart. Do you uh, – yeah, that kind of looked like an Aaron Rodgers interception, right? Just kind of right. – I mean, early in his career. He probably might not throw that now, but either way, Jordan Love – impressive year and he's going to continue to grow and get better what about cj stroud he said he told will anderson mike remember they were drafted in that first round kind of the two building blocks for the texans will be back yeah i mean uh, i appreciated will for doing that you know because i mean I, that, those are raw emotions it wasn't like he was doing that like just to be fake he really meant uh because i mean he really like was feeling that because he really wanted to win that game we all did um and something i've learned in this league man is like um you can't let let your emotions fluctuate, and uh, I told Will, man, you're the honestly, man, he's probably the most talented player, one of the t- most talented players I've ever been around in my life. And man, we're gonna be back in this moment. You can promise, like, I think they will. The way they played that draft, man, unbelievable. You know, just I mean, literally, you could not have had a better draft strategy. Get the kind of impact players you want, and you got and you got the great coach. That's the guy we're looking for. That's the guy. By the way, Washington, the Commanders, they got a lot of some guys feel. A lot of cooks trying to make that stew as far as ownership. Okay. And, but they're also interested in Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn from the Lions. So second interview for those guys. We're going to have another interview with those guys, too. Coming up, Mark Slayer. Stink stops by. He's got his Odyssey NFL Insider podcast, The Stinking Truth. But we'll talk to him about all the things that are going on in the NFL next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and Odyssey.com.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guys that either have been talked to by the Falcons or they may talk to. And coming up, we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about a couple of these guys because I know most of you believe that there are some of these candidates that absolutely have no shot. And then there are guys that maybe you should be paying attention to that really have a good shot and you're kind of dismissing it. We were just talking during the break. We will get into this in depth. But, yeah, a name which some guys might consider a retread might make perfect sense when you really look at the numbers and look at the experience, and especially, you know, a guy that's got a Super Bowl ring too. We'll talk about it. Stay there. Mark Slareff joins us. He is uh, Odyssey NFL insider. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Mark is also the host of the Stinking True podcast covering the entire NFL. It's been a great season with Mark here on the show, and uh, what a divisional round weekend it was as we get ready for the AFC and NFC championship games. Mark, I want to start with, you know, the Bills collapse and and what you saw. And I say that because I felt like Josh Allen played well, but the plays that needed to be made just were not. And here that guy is again, and Patrick Mahomes making the plays that need to be made, and they advance to the championship game again. Yeah, there, I don't think there's any question about that. I think, you know, you look at them at 6-6, six and six, and they fire their offensive coordinator, and they, they, they end up promoting Joe Brady. And Joe Brady does a really good job of taking some of the onus. You know, I always say you can't play every play as a quarterback on the high dive. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, you got to have the other 10 guys operate as well. And one of the things that I've never understood about, about football coaches or just coaches in general, when it's working – don't stop doing it until they stop you. Like, why do why do coaches have this tendency or propensity to believe that, oh, it's going to change, so what we'll do is, you know, they're going to make an adjustment, so what we'll do is we'll stop doing it. Like, you are running it down the Kansas City Chiefs' throats, and you all of a sudden decide, hey, let's just put it on Josh Allen's shoulders and let him do the whole thing. Now, I understand in the fourth quarter – you had two opening drives that started off with a minus two and a minus four. I don't care. We are going to continue to bludgeon you guys because you haven't stopped us yet. And, you know, you just kind of stop doing things that, that have been successful. And so those, those are things that just irritate me about football in general. And, you know, you, like I don't care how good Josh Allen is, and he's great, but Patrick Mahomes is a freak show. Six years starting, six straight years, like that he is 
Uh, six straight years he's been in the AFC Championship. That guy's a unicorn. I'm sure he takes a dump and it's orange sherbet. <laughs> um, it just is the guy's a freak show. And so, like, to me, you, you're not going to out-duel, out-quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, it just doesn't work that way. The other thing that we said, Mark, last segment, we are talking about Stephon Diggs. Eight targets, three receptions. You know, I didn't think Marquez Valdez-Scanley would have the more athletic catch. He makes one of those catches, and it maybe it's a different story for the Bills. Yeah, that the big throw, the big over-the-top throw uh, in the fourth quarter there, the, the ball traveled like 65 yards or something of that nature. It's crazy. Um, yeah, your you're, you're big-time players have to make big-time plays in big-time situations. And you got him one. You got him the one-on-one on the edge, and – you got to make that play. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a tough over the shoulder catch. I get it. You got to make it. Um, that's what you get paid to do. And and so you know that's one of those that's one of those situations. And, and Josh Allen, man, you got to you got to throw with a crosser in the end zone. Uh, I you know slide a little bit, slide a little bit, and and make that throw. And, and that's a touchdown. You know, I always get frustrated with commentators when they say, well, you know, he could have hit this. He could have hit this, you know, this shallow cross underneath here and got a first down. If they, like, yeah, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. I don't want to hear about what he could have done. <laughs> like, these these are the throws. This is the the first read in the progression, or this is the read in the progression that you're looking at. And it's open. You got to throw it. I, I don't want to hear, you know, that oh, you could have done this or you could have done that. I, I no, like, you got to make the plays that are there. And you know, I just thought from a coaching standpoint, it was interesting. You know, I thought the game was really well, well played, and then there were two really, in my opinion, bad coaching decisions. The, the going for it on, you know, fourth down and four or five from your own um, 35. You know, I think that – I think just personally, I think analytics have screwed so mm. many coaches up. I've seen more bad coaching decisions, and I think part of it is because you have somebody in your ear trying to explain the analytics to you in a football game. And I always say the, the whole going for two – strategy you know win it in regulation versus you know having to go to overtime and all that all that garbage you know i I tell people this all the time how many how many in any given game plan how many two-point conversion plays do you think we go into a a game plan with we go in with one that we really like and one that we kind of like you know where you work those you work those on friday in your walkthrough so you haven't had you honestly haven't had live reps doing it and after the one you really like, now you're just into, you know, into third down and, and short com- like conversion situations. Um, you, you're using your regular game plan or using your goal line package. Like, like people think that you come into a game plan with a myriad of different two-point plays that you've actually repped. You don't. So now you go back into your your regular bag of tricks. Your like like I said, your third down packages, right? Well, the problem with being down there on the two yard line and your third down packages, you don't have depth in the end zone. So three quarters of your crap you got to throw out. Like the whole analytics, the whole analytics conversation is it chaps my ass. It's absolute <laughs> garbage. It is garbage. But, you know, we got a bunch of math nerds that think they know something about football. Hey, I haven't blocked a three technique all day long. Why do you think I'm going to block him on third down and two now? Or, 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 or you know, um, whatever, goal, goal to go on a two-point conversion. I, I just, it, it just drives me nuts how we've gone over to this. And, and I think a lot of coaches make really bad decisions because they're so worried about what the information says. Yeah. Instead of instead of feel, which is what it's always been. Right. 
the feel of the game has never gone away from the great coaches who've coached this game. Mark Slareth, our guest, guys. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing uh, exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin, too. Stink, what do you make of this Detroit story, man? I mean, it's a feel-good story. I give them a mm-hmm. shot to go out to San Francisco. I know they didn't play well, but I like everything about Detroit right now. I do too. I, I love I love Detroit. I love them as a football team. I think one of the things that's um, you know one of the things that's become very interesting to me is um, C.J. Gardner Johnson tore his pec. I think in week two, or maybe it was week one. And and I did the game in week two when he was out. The guy's a difference maker. Just an energy, just an energy guy provides a ton of energy. Flies around, hits people, and he gives them that. He gives them that rotation on the back end with Melifonwu and with uh, Kirby Joseph, in which you yeah, could be playing. Uh, you know, could be playing in a dime situation. Could be playing safety situation. They've got a great rotation out there, and he just brings a certain attitude and energy to their back end. And then you know, like that's that's a big difference with Aiden Hutchinson, like. They don't have they don't like to me defensively they don't have a couple other like if if they had another legit pass rusher they could be really good but the attitude of Dan Campbell the culture that he's created hey I did games in Detroit when when Matt Patricia was the head coach it was you walk in the building it was miserable mm. nobody players coaches support staff nobody wanted to be in that building you walk into that building in Detroit and. I'm telling you what, everybody's excited to come to work. You know, from the personnel people, the the and the, and the scouts, and and the, you know, the management people to the coaches, the players, the people who work in the kitchen, like like everybody can't wait to roll in there. And that's Dan Campbell. And and you know, culture is such a incredible thing. You know, people always talk about culture. They set a culture, but it's not static, man. It's something you got to live every day. You got to every day live in it. And Dan Campbell does, man. You, you know, I always say this about people in general, whether it's you guys on the radio or me, you know, radio, television, or, or you know, coaches or whatever the, the case may be. We are 100% all in the relationship business, and you're either go, you're either in that business or you're going out of business. And Dan does a phenomenal job of building relationships with his players and his coaches, and having them build relationships together where they all can lean and count on one another. And I think that's I think that's really what sets him apart. And Mark, taking it to the NFC Championship, a lot of talk this week about Brock Purdy looking really awful in much of that game, and obviously a big rally, big drive at the end. What do you, what do you make of Purdy, and how will he handle what Detroit's going to throw at him? Well, I thought I thought the end of that game, he made plays, he made a couple of really big time throws um, at the end of that game, and he struggled with that wet ball. There's no question that he struggled with that. He had a couple of errant throws that you don't see very often. I will tell you this, like San Francisco, um, you know, their receiving core and, and where they, they're not the greatest stagnant or static route runners. They're, they've never been the greatest of, of route runners. So when San Francisco, there's a reason they were 0-30 on, you know, in, in fourth quarter comebacks uh, when they're down by five or more. And that's because when all of a sudden you have to start operating out of gun, spread, you know, guys in stagnant positions and just running routes. It's not what they do. They're predicated on running the football and all the play action stuff that comes off of that run game and what the, the bite they get from the defense on that stuff. And 
you know, they kind of got taken out early because Green Bay just put a couple of drives together, even though they were field goal drives, but they just possessed the ball. Like, they just possessed the crap out of the ball. And what ends up happening to you as an offense is you start counting possessions. You're like, shoot, we had one possession in the first quarter. Mm. One. And now all of a sudden, you're like, a normal game is 12 possessions. Well, what is that? You know, that's that's three, six, nine, twelve. That's three per quarter. We had one. So we're already down two opportunities. And it takes you out of your play calling rhythm. And and that's some of the stuff that went on with San Francisco. I thought more than their offensive struggles, I thought their defense played one of the worst games that their defense has played all year. And like I think that's actually a good thing for San Francisco because they're gonna look at that film and be absolutely embarrassed. They didn't get to Jordan Love, they didn't pressure Jordan Love, they got run through both inside and outside. They captured the perimeter of that defense. Uh, when they did run the crack toss game, nobody reestablished a new, uh, you know, nobody came up. Uh, you know, you, anytime you crack, your corners are supposed to, they call it crack replace, and you're supposed to set a new edge. Corners didn't do that. Um, I thought it was probably one of the worst games I've seen San Francisco play on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, they're a prideful group. You know, Fred Warner's a prideful dude. Um, that that probably bodes well for them because they will tighten that stuff up. Stink, last thing, Lamar Jackson. He's going to probably win the MVP. I just thought mm-hmm. he was masterful in the way that he controlled the game last week against the Texans. Can he do it again this week against the Chiefs? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a, a much tougher task, no question about it. Um, like, I just, look, I just look at Baltimore, and they – you know, they're just old school football. And I think all if you look at last weekend's games, you know the thing that that resonates with me is if we can morph this or try to morph this thing into college football as much as we want. But at the end of the day, when when it comes down to playoff football, what wins? Run the football, control the line of scrimmage on both sides, and I don't think there's anybody better in the National Football League than John Harbaugh's. Baltimore Ravens they just bludgeon you on both sides of the ball and then they're so versatile creating simulated pressures bringing pressure working away from whatever your protection call is and you know I almost feel like this this game is played so much on the line of scrimmage that to play the Baltimore Ravens you almost have to play the whole entire game in the huddle Mm. and essentially just basically don't give them a clue in how you're protecting because what we see them is getting to kind of balance fronts and you see, hey, when the center and the quarterback point to who we're going to go in protection and they're bringing pressure from the other side, they are they are basically game planning your protection and bringing in, and creating free rushers on your quarterback. And I almost feel like you've got to roll in there just going, we're going to call it and we're going to run it and our quarterback is in control of the guys who could p- potentially be free. And kind of go back to old school, the way we used to do when I played is, you know, we were we didn't let our quarterback call the protections. <laughs> like, <laughs> forget that, dude. You like that's what we do. Um, and you, you know what? You just deal with what we decide we're doing. And I think you've got to. I think you got to play Baltimore that way because they'll just absolutely destroy you with not only their pressures but their simulated pressures. Or they're so good at picking your protections apart. And doing consistently getting a free corner or a free, you know, linebacker or somebody coming off the edge of safety, coming off the edge and getting directly to your quarterback. Great breakdown. Stink, 
We appreciate you, man. Enjoy the games. Odyssey NFL insider Mark Slareth. Thanks so much. Have a great day, brother. You too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Good stuff from him. We've got more to get to. The latest on the Falcons coaching search, guys. What do we know? But yeah, man, no man's coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The former MVP of his high school football team. Not really. From New Jersey. The Cavs are here. And gives rapid fire questions. Here's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Chris Thomas. What is going on, Turtle? We got a lot to chop up, guys. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 929 the game. John Talty's gonna join us to talk about Alabama coming up a little bit later. Uh, Kalen DeBoer gets some good news. We'll tell you about that, and we'll give you the latest on what we know about the Falcons and where this coaching search is. Turtle, what's happening today, man? I have more good news, fellas. What's that? Perhaps the biggest news of the day. Forget the Falcons coaching search. All right. We got the family feud coming to Atlanta. Really? From Atlanta, Georgia. From Smyrna, Georgia. And from Jonesboro, Georgia. Family feud gets families from everywhere, even your hometown. From Tucker, Georgia, from Marietta, Georgia. All new families and all new episodes. Nice. All right. Steve Harvey. Yeah, man. That's that's good. Okay. Here's my question. If you guys were on the feud, Uh what would be your best categories? Ooh. Tough, though, because you are, you know, we you know they poll 100 members of the studio audience, top five answers on the board. Or? Yeah. And then your your opinions may differ, as we've often seen. That's when somebody puts a clunker up there. And yeah. that's the X. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know. Pop culture, I guess? Uh, probably yeah. pop culture. I yeah. would tell you, like, uh, the arts would not be one no. of my things. English literature. That, that yeah. would be on Family Feud anyway. History, I'm good with, but they don't really do it. It's usually, you know, fun stuff. Yeah. It's not, like, too how, deep. How well would you know the ladies category? That they often like to do. I can Hundred do that. female surveyed said. Oh yeah, I'd be on that. The we most that. comfortable thing to wear to bed is. Oh yeah, a night night nighty. I can't say. I'll it. say nothing, Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Survey Steve. says. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but I think we could do that. We could definitely do that. Right. I think to be honest, and I'm not. I'm not trying to butter you guys up. I know mm-hmm. I owe Mike one for giving calls. <laughs> oh, I'm just breaking your before. job. Um, I think you guys both would actually be really good at Family Feud. I think so, too. I'm not just saying. I tried out. Remember in the old days when they would bring the college Jeopardy like spring break? Uh, we tried out at Daytona Beach for it. And I got onto the stage for it, and then, uh, but it didn't make the cut. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, they used to travel and, right. and yeah, audition people right. around. They, they did that for, uh, <clears throat> for uh, not, not, Jeopardy? Was yeah. it Jeopardy? I think they did that, too, where they traveled and yeah. actually had auditions for it. And like American trying. Idol style, where yeah. people wait outside the building yeah. and go inside and perform. I got killed. Like, it's just like high school, like my SATs. I crushed English and history, and I smoked. I got smoked in math and science. Yeah, but it's the family. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not worried about Mike or I. It would right. be our families that right. would screw it up. That's, like, that's, that's the know. thing. All right, uh, top, top five answers on the board. Things you bring to the beach. Let's go to Mike's brother, Andy. Andy, the cop from New York City. Things you bring to the beach. 
my weapon. Okay, Andrew. Good. Okay. Good Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And and that whole let's team up. You know, let's get together. All right, we're gonna yeah. get together. We're gonna, gonna get. And the answers. I can just hear my sisters right now calling out silly yeah. answers. Yeah. And so yeah, it, that that would probably screw it up. I remember <laughs> at the height of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis. Who right. wants my, to be a millionaire? We used to have to try out on the phone. That's how Oof. they would do it. Yeah. And my dad actually tried out, made it. Oh. And then didn't get in on the finals. Yeah. No they kidding. Mike, yeah. Wow. yeah there's a lot, of, there's a lot of procedural stuff that you have to do. People don't realize you get on these game shows. I know right. people are listening, and you've probably been on one. There's somebody out there that's been on one of these game shows. But it's a lot more involved than people think it is. Like People just think they show up and like, all right, I want to be on this game show. Doesn't happen that way. I think that might have to be our last call tonight. What uh, game show could you be the best at? Whammy! <laughs> no, because it's funny. My wife, if I get home on time, you know, usually I've come home around 730-ish. I'll go watch. We'll watch Jeopardy if there's nothing else. In summer, the Braves are on, so you're watching the Braves. But I'll get home, and Sony will be like, you know, when they do like, oh, it's uh, and it's like the bonus thing. Like, I bet it all. <laughs> you know, always like, I'm in. But the thing for me, I don't know about you guys, is it's always there's categories when they come up. It's like 18th century English literature. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. You know, I just said the art, like yeah. the arts, would the be periodic done. table. Forget yeah. it, forget it. I can't even touch the category. I'll tell you right now, mine would be. I've always wanted to be on the Prices Right. I've always wanted to be on the Prices Right. right. Just for some reason, as a kid, like my mom would have it on, and it'd be like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and you know, when the people would win cards, it would blow me away. Right. right? That seems like the one that, like, not to say that you know, Jeopardy doesn't require a skill, but that's the one where you can go on and it doesn't require like. A degree of some sort to yeah. be really, really good at. Yeah, and the right. crowd screaming anyway. I mean, you know, somebody's going to give me the answer. Yeah. somebody's going to give me the answer. But one I'd dollar, love that, one dollar. That, that price is right, and they reveal it, and yeah. you're like, oh, and it's like somebody went jet skis. I'd be like, oh, I want that. Yeah, but then you get screwed. Right. You get the game. We get the little, the little Swiss guy going up the hill. That's a tough that's one. A that's, tough that's one. one of the tougher ones. Or you get the one. second showcase where the first prize is like a living room set. Correct. It's yeah. yes. always so disappointing. Yeah, a brand new living yeah. room set. You see their face. They're like, I, I didn't want that. Whoever bids on the first showcase. You know what I mean? You that, passed that first showcase. But that's the thing. You've watched the game. Yeah. Now right. you know. Because there's going to be a trip to Bali and jet skis. You know, that's going to come in the second showcase. And it's going to be like $10,000 more than the first showcase. That Absolutely. was always the routine whenever I would stay home from school. It was you'd watch the game shows in the morning, and then Maury and Jerry, Spring, Jerry Springer <laughs> would come on in the afternoon. Jerry! Oh, my Jerry! Nana, my Nana lived for that show, man. You're right, Price. Good pull. Good pull. All right, so what if I told you that a potential head coach for the Atlanta Falcons used to provide alcohol to his teammates during practice? Sounds good to me. All right, let's loosen up practice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have a sip of anything before you played a game, like or halftime, like whiskey or? Uh, no, we did it in practice before. You know, Mike Vrabel used to have a flask, so we all go to Vrabel's and hit the flask, and he had some whiskey or something. But no, I was a I was a coffee guy. You know what I mean? That's, wait, that's wait. about it. So Vrabel has a flask. Yes. And then you go over and take a little. Yeah, then he had everybody else getting a flask. So, so back then we used to have to drive <laughs> to practice too. So that's the one thing that uh, you know the old school before you see all the beautiful. Uh, Gillette Stadium yeah. in Foxborough. Now, we had to get in our car with our shoulder pads on like we were Little League, <laughs> and we everybody driving over there with helmets and shoulder pads on, just being silly. And hell, yeah, we was taking drinks in the car. So Coach Parcells, Pete, yeah, when we were over at the other practice facilities, it was going down on that little five-minute drive. <laughs> That's wow. great. That's great. Ty Law right there right. talking about Vrabel and – 
Hey, man. You know what? Uh, let's get ready for practice. Why let's not? Let's get loose. By the way, uh, Drew Butler had a great story in the Steakhouse today. He was talking about uh, he was trying out for the Patriots back in the day. when Randy And he heard stories from other Patriots. Randy Moss was there. Those Randy Moss years. And that Belichick used to show videos of Tiger Woods. Look at Tiger Woods. That's the way. Tiger Woods isn't spending the offseason in Vegas. Tiger Woods is focused like a laser. And literally the next day, the Tiger Woods scandal drops. And then Randy, Wood, uh, Randy Moss had a practice. Hey, Bill, what's up with Tiger? <laughs> the only guy who could actually say it and get away with it. Yeah, right. They weren't going to cut him. <laughs> Not that season. And right. Bill's response was, we're on to Cincinnati. Or right. hit my music. Oh, that's a good That's a good response. That's maybe the response we will hear at right. some point here in the no. ATL. No, no, no. Hey, coming up, John Talty's going to join us, a senior writer for 24-7 Sports. We'll talk some college football with him. Uh, Alabama seemed like they were hemorrhaging. I said the other day, uh, we played a door sound, and I guess I triggered Alabama fans as more players were leaving. But things have turned a little bit. We'll talk about Kalen DeBoer, but we also got to get you filled in on what's going on with this Falcons coaching search. And before we get to all of this college football stuff, there's a guy you might be paying attention to or maybe you're not. We're going to tell you about that next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.